0: This is Power Players with Dan Clark. Hi, it's Dan. Welcome to Power Players with Dan Clark. And as you know, this special segment where I have a chance to interview the student-athletes from the University of Utah, my alma mater, where I played football and baseball, it's the highlight of my week. It's become the highlight of my month. It's truly the highlight of the year because tonight's episode, today's episode, which will be forever green, so that Jenna Johnson's grandchildren can listen to this amazing interview many years from now to find out what makes her tick and why she was named to the Pac-12 All-Freshman Team. She was the four-star recruit out of Medina, Minnesota. And I kidded her before we came on the air because it's in the middle of winter. She's all for global warming. (laughs) But Jenna's amazing. She was ranked as the 42nd, very best basketball player in the country, overall basketball player in the country, and the number seven ranked forward. And we'll find out if she's still playing just forward or if she's playing the three and the four, if she's playing number two. Sounds like she's having an amazing year. Um, she was all state in high school twice. And I want to know about the 2018 AAU National Championship team that she played on. This episode is brought to you by Strong Automotive. When you're looking for the most extraordinary car dealer in the entire Intermountain West, winning award after award and seeing how they graciously support our student-athletes at the University of Utah, I highly recommend that you buy your next car from Strong Motors. But let's just start right out of the shoots. Welcome, Jenna Johnson.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having
0: me. Oh, you're wonderful. And your reputation is you're a beautiful soul, obviously inside and out. And uh, the way that you influence your players off the court is pretty... Pretty extraordinary, and uh, I just wanted to make sure that everybody listening and tuning into this podcast episode knows what a character-based, amazing human being you are. And I think as a Ute fan, as a former Ute athlete, I think the world needs to be reminded that we recruit extraordinary human beings who happen to be great athletes. So let's just take you all the way back home to Medina Minnesota. You have two siblings. Tell us about them. Are you the oldest? Where do you fit into the family?
1: Yeah, so I'm a twin actually. So my twin sister, her name's Lainey. Yep, she goes to the University of Minnesota and is majoring in computer science. So I always joke over the summers I'd be shooting in basketball and she'd be learning different coding languages. So we're very different. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, she's great. And then I have a younger sister named Samantha. She's still in high school. She's a junior um, and just kind of figuring out where she wants to go to college and all that. And then Most of my family still lives in Minnesota right now. Some of them are moving to Florida. Uh, But yes, the Minnesota winters are cold, so figuring that all out. Were
0: your parents athletes?
1: Yes. So my mom played basketball in high school. Um, Actually went to high school like 15, 20 minutes away from where I went to high school. Um, She won a state championship. I never won one, so she has that over me still. And then my dad (laughs) swam at Northwestern in
0: Illinois. Oh, wow. So what kind of parenting style did they use if you missed the game-winning shot or missed a couple of free throws at the line with the clock ticking off did they want to rip your lips off or did they put their arm around you what style did they use to encourage you and push you to this amazing level that you've already been able to achieve as a freshman now going into sophomore year
1: yeah i'd say they always modeled hard work i feel like that's something i definitely took from them um they're very hard individuals and they kind of instilled that in me at a young age and they're like, okay if you want to be good if you want to play college basketball, you're going to have to earn it. Um, So I always knew that growing up, that I was going to have to be in the gym getting extra shots, doing all that um, to be able to reach my dreams. And then, yeah, I'd say definitely always supportive of me. They were never the people that were like, oh, my gosh, why did you miss the game when you shot or got on me or anything like that. Um, They're very encouraging and supportive and still are today. So that's obviously very awesome, and not everyone can say that. So I'm grateful.
0: So at what point in your life did you realize you had some basketball skills and did you play any other sports?
1: Uh, I tried every sport I feel like in in the world, but something with having a twin is that when one of us didn't like it, the other one decided we didn't like it. So I didn't really do anything super seriously. Um, I actually showed horses, um, for a lot of my high school career, kind of a weird thing. Um, but that was the only thing I did other than basketball. Um, what was sort
0: of the question? Just when did you, when did you start realizing you had some, some skill in basketball to just start going to camps at a young age?
1: Yeah, so I always think it's kind of weird. I think there's a lot of girls that grow up thinking, oh, I want to be a Division I basketball player, and for some reason that was just never on my radar. I was always very focused on, oh, I want to start varsity high school basketball, but never really thought beyond that, and then going into my freshman year of high school, I was playing on, you know, the different AAU circuits and all the big tournaments, and there'd be college coaches that would watch us, and I started, you know, getting calls from them, getting offers and whatnot, and I was like, hmm, maybe I could go somewhere with basketball, and that's kind of when I got interested in playing college basketball and pursuing it myself.
0: Very cool. So what other schools recruited you?
1: Yeah, a lot of them in the Midwest and the Big Ten and stuff, so Minnesota, Wisconsin, and then um, ultimately my final two were Iowa and Utah.
0: And why did you choose Utah? We're such we're, we're so honored to have you here
1: Yeah, um, for a few reasons. I came out on two visits before committing here, and I guess the main things I was looking for was one, just like a coaching staff I really liked, um, teammates I liked, and then also just how I fit in on the basketball court. So when I came to Utah, I really liked Coach Rob's vision for the program and just how she's going to use me as kind of a stretch forward type player, getting to play both inside and outside. Um, And then also, I just really liked the girls. You know, they're all from different countries, and um, all over the united states and i was like hmm, this could either be really good or maybe just really odd and we fit like everyone just really liked each other fit in well with each other and i was like hmm, these could really definitely be my friends off the court so i like that aspect too
0: so give us some secret sauce and pixie dust on how you became so successful at such a young age did you give up a lot of your social life did you just focus on the gym were you always the first one in the gym the last one to leave the gym teach us about your work ethic
1: yeah i'd say that was definitely part of why i've you know had the success success i've had is definitely in high school i started um you know waking up every morning before school and going in and getting extra shots you know i still do that over the summer me and gianna we have to make our thousand threes a week that's what coach always kind of says okay that's our goal um Yeah, I think that's been... Did
0: you you ever play against Giannis because she's from Minnesota too?
1: Yeah, so we never played each other in high school basketball, but we are on rival AAU teams. Um, So I always joke that my team won all the unimportant games, you know, the state qualifiers, whatever it was, and she won all the state championships. So we had a bit of a rivalry going, but luckily we worked (laughs) it out and we're on the same team now.
0: That's so crazy. Did you ever talk about your visits to Utah and kind of collectively decide how cool it would be to be teammates?
1: Um, Honestly, not too much. I committed a little bit before her and I heard kind of grumblings that, okay, she's visiting Utah and I would text her and be like, hey, like you should come out to Utah. Let's do this together. She didn't ever really give me much information. And then um, I saw something posted on Twitter from her AAU program. Like, oh, someone's committed to the Pac-12. And I immediately reached out to her. I was like, is it you? Did you do it? Um, and it was, so I was very happy about that.
0: So tell us about your uh, your experience on the Ute team coming in and playing so many minutes as a freshman. Um, that's pretty extraordinary. I'm so old that when I came out of high school, we actually had a sp- special and separate freshman team. Uh, I was fortunate to be one of two athletes invited up to, to the varsity as a freshman but that's extraordinary to to bring so much maturity off the court that you can actually implement on the court teach us about that transition from high school aau is obviously another level up but teach us the mindset required for you to come in and believe in yourself that you could start that you can get so many minutes as a freshman
1: yeah i mean i think a lot of it was just playing really high level basketball in minnesota Um, I'd say I played in one of the best conferences in the nation. We had people like Paige Beckers was one of my biggest rivals. So I played against really, really good competition in high school. I feel like that definitely prepared me for college. I saw people that were more athletic than me and bigger, stronger, faster than me before I got to college, which definitely helped with that transition. Um, And then I'd say honestly, just like the support around me. I remember Andy Torres last year, she was a senior, played my position, had started for like three or four years. And um, obviously that dynamic can be a little bit weird sometimes when you have this freshman that comes in and is you know taking a lot of minutes and whatnot but she really took me under her wing and um, I remember over the summer in practice one time we were playing one-on-one and she'd scored on me and you know usually as a senior you'd be like, oh haha take that freshman and she immediately turned to me and said hey you weren't you know guarding me tight enough you have to have your left hand up in my face so I can't shoot it and I was like what, who says that to a freshman? <laughs> um, but like, that was just the support from my teammates, from the staff, everyone had that same kind of energy and really poured into me. I think that helped me grow in my confidence and believe in myself when I was out on the court.
0: So what do you do when you're not playing basketball?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I like to try pretty much any sort of utah e thing. Like in Minnesota, we don't have mountains, we don't have any of that. So like when I came out here, I was like, hmm, we're driving at an incline, this is odd. Um, but I love, like, hiking, going to reservoirs. Um, I love pickleball. Um, that's really that's something I've done um, last summer with a lot of my teammates, so that was fun. Um, and then I'm involved in, like, church and stuff. Um, so,
0: yeah, it's all good. Very, very cool. So everybody will want to know certain athletic questions. So do you actually have a favorite spot on the court? You know, DeMar DeRozan, he's a – He's an interesting guy, kind of a, a quasi-family friend, and he's known in the NBA as the the best mid, mid, uh, mid-distance jump shooter. You know, 12 to 15, he nails it almost every time. Do you actually go out on the court and find a specific spot, and you just work to get to that place, and your teammates know you're always going to be there as they, they start passing for the open person?
1: Um. Yes, I'd say. Two spots, one on the block. <laughs> um, if I have a smaller defender, I like to post up, and one of my AU coaches taught me a lot about, like, positioning and um, getting a good position before you get the ball so you can just shoot an easy layup. Um, so I'm very grateful for that skill because that's helped me a lot. And then also um, on the perimeter, on the three-point line, specifically behind the two elbows is where people at my position get a lot of our shots. So, you know, in practice I'm out there working on that shot a lot because um, I know that's what I'm going to get in games. So I guess those are my two favorite spots to be.
0: And how many shots would you shoot a day during the season and how many shots would you would you shoot every day on the off season?
1: Yeah, during the season it's a little bit harder just obviously we have to balance like not getting injured and not overworking ourselves and also practicing and playing games. So I don't say I have a specific number of shots I get up during the year, but over the summer it's make a thousand threes a week. So shoot as many as that takes.
0: <laughs> wow. Yep. You play little games, like I'm not leaving the, the court until I get 10 in a row or anything crazy like that.
1: Sometimes. Yeah.
0: And then you limp to your, you limp to your apartment or your dorm room at like 1 AM cause you finally pulled it off. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> <Go on. laughs> so what makes coach Rob different? You know, when I, when I interviewed Jonna, uh, she also complimented coach Rob's recruiting style and, and system, and I've never actually had a chance to interview her. Teach teach us all about what makes her a unique coach in the nation and why she's been able to rise, how how she's been able to move your team to the elite status in such a short amount of time.
1: Yeah, I'd say two things. First off, in the recruiting process, I remember she was the first coach that told me something I was bad at (laughs) over the phone, which I thought was interesting because a lot of the coaches, they try to sell, oh, you're amazing at this, you're going to fit in perfectly here, and hearing her sit down and say, hey, like these are the areas that we are going to help you grow as a player, and this is how we're going to do it. I was really interested by that um, and thought that was really cool. And then I'd say for us, just as a team, how she's um, been able to help us rise, I think, first off, it is just recruiting good kids. Um, and then also, I feel like one of the things that makes us a lot different than other teams is that we're just incredibly unselfish, and that has to be, first off, the type of people she, she's recruiting. You know, we don't have too many people out there. Or really anyone out there trying to get theirs, trying to score a certain number of points a game. We're all very just unselfish players and want to win more than anything. Um, but she just enforces that every day. Obviously, if you're not going to make the extra pass, if you're not going to be an unselfish player, you're not going to see the court, and we all know that. So I think that's a big reason why we've been successful.
0: That's awesome. So you've had a lot of thrills of victory. How do you deal with the agony of defeat? How do you how do you how do you bounce back? What's the rebound rate?
1: It depends on the game. (laughs) Sometimes I bounce back quicker than others. But, I mean, in the Pac-12, each weekend you're playing two games. So let's say you lose on Friday. You have about, you know, one night (laughs) to sulk over it. And then the next day you're learning the scalp for the next team. So um, I guess that teaches us to bounce back quickly. And for me personally, I just kind of, I always try to take a very objective approach, I guess. It can be easy to get caught up in feelings and emotions and getting frustrated with how you played, getting angry, whatever it is. And for me, after every game, I try to look, okay, what did I do maybe wrong or what could I do better? And then next day in practice, really implementing it right away and saying, okay, if I need to get more rebounds, I'm focused on that this practice and just trying to make that change as quickly
0: as possible. So because we have a limited number of minutes in our lives, what's your philosophy, my friend, towards spending all of your time strengthening your strengths, or should you spend time strengthening your weaknesses? Wow, that's a deep question.
1: (laughs) Um, Okay, this could be a cop-out answer. I'd say some of both. But I'd say more so working on strengthening your strengths. Um, Something that I've kind of realized, I guess, from playing college basketball is no matter how well you know a scout, no matter how well you know a team, the people that are the best at what they're best at are going to be good no matter how someone scouts them, no matter how someone defends them um i think i've just realized that in playing girls i can know oh they're really right-handed they're really good at shooting but if they're really good at what they do it's hard to defend no matter what you know um so i think that's maybe something i take into my game too is okay i have weaknesses i'm going to work on them but i also know what i'm good at and i'm going to try to get really really good at them so no one can stop it no matter what
0: absolutely teach us about perhaps a weightlifting reg- regimen uh you know i've interviewed michael jordan a few times and there was a time when they would go up against when the Bulls, his mighty Bulls, weren't as mighty, and they were going up against the Detroit Pistons, who actually they were like thugs. They were just beating the crap out of people. Some of those fouls were like violent. They should have been thrown in prison if they were on the street. And Michael Jordan decided that he needed to strengthen his body, and that's when he really got into the personal training space. And I've always wanted to know how do how do you how do you mix and match match cardiovascular with ball handling skills, getting your handle tuned up on both hands. And then do you actually have a weight lifting program that I've never asked about? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. So that was something kind of moving from high school to college. I didn't know much about. And then it's like, Whoa, we lift in college. This is kind of crazy. Um, and we actually got a new strength coach this last year and she's been for better or for worse, very, very good at her job. Um, So over the summer we worked a lot, like hours and hours in the weight room just lifting heavy weights. Um, And then as the season goes on, we do three or four like 30 minute lifts a week. So it's a little bit lighter stuff, more mobility stuff, just trying to keep more so injury prevention than anything and just keep us strong and feeling good. Um, And obviously spending a lot more time on the court doing the cardio type stuff. But in the off season, it's a lot less cardio, a lot more weightlifting. And we've gotten a lot of comments this year. It's kind of funny of other coaches saying, wow, Utah looks really fit. Um, I'm like, yes, we worked very hard for
0: that. Thank you. (laughs) No, that's great. As we wind down our time, let's get really personal. So what's your, what's your, 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 your game day mindset mentality? How do you get ready for the day? What do you do when you wake up if it's an afternoon game and how is that different if it's a night game?
1: Um, afternoon games, we wake up really, really early. <laughs> um, so I'm just trying to be awake, um, drink a lot of coffee and whatnot. And then, um, that's pretty quick turnaround. We get to the gym, we roll out, we watch film, we eat, and then we're pretty much on the court, I feel like right away. We're at night game. Um, we have a lot more time in the morning, so I'll do homework. I'm a student too, so I'm having to do that. Um, and yeah, I don't know. My pregame routine, I'm not someone that tries to get too hyped up or anything. I don't listen to crazy rap music or anything that's trying to like really get me going um and also I think I try to really minimize any jitters or nerves as best as I can um so I think that's interesting. how do you do I honestly don't know last year I would get super nervous before games and even at the start of this year I would and now I think I've just maybe accepted my role accepted kind of who I am on the team and been confident in how I play um and not put too much pressure on myself and just being a little bit more focused on winning or something I don't even know what it is but It's worked, and I feel a lot less nervous, so that's good. And I think it helps me be steady and consistent and be reliable for the team.
0: This podcast episode is brought to you by Strong Automotive. Dear family, friends, Tay and the rest of the gang, who will provide for each of us listening in this podcast the greatest customer service, the greatest sales and sales support of any car dealer in the Intermountain West. Thank you so much for your tireless support of student-athletes at the University of Utah. You know, when I played at the U, it was kind of the revolutionary time of getting a sports psychologist. Sports psychology was just coming in, and we actually had a world-renowned sports psychologist at the University of Utah. Dr. Henson. took many classes from him, became dear friends and obviously i know you're you know the answer to this that these the emotion is exactly the same for fear and excitement it's just what we decide to label it it's what we decide to call it and i used to return kickoffs and punts and dr henson gave me this mindset that i should because i i i would lose like 30 pounds of water weight waiting for the ball to kick and i'm like and i'm like fixing my pads and i'm like yeah. And finally, the doctor and said, "No, look at it as a loose rubber band, and time it when you get out on the field and start stretching that rubber band, so that as soon as that kicker kicks the ball, it's maxed out, and you whew, let it go, and I catch the ball, and I'm going. Do you, can you get your butterflies to fly in formation? Because you, you and I both know, the second that ball is tipped and the game begins, the butterflies go away." Yeah. So how do you manage that energy? Because that's so critically important that we're not exhausted at halftime because we've been so nervous before the tip.
1: Yeah, that's a good question and a very very good analogy. I don't really think about it like that, but that's good. Um, Honestly, I don't know how I manage everything perfectly or well or whatever, but I think I'm just someone that doesn't get too high or too low. Uh, I think some people can be very emotional players, and I think I'm someone that's pretty steady and consistent. So, you know, at at halftime, I – Feel the same as I did in the first quarter. In the fourth quarter, I feel the same as the second. Um, so yeah, I think that's just kind of who I am mentally, physically, whatever it is, and it carries over to the court.
0: Has your coach at any level ever pulled out the, the little clipboard and drawn up a play where you're taking the last shot of the game?
1: Um, let's see. I mean, yes. In college, not quite as much. Um We have very, very talented three-point shooters, so I like to set the screens and pass the ball. <laughs> but, yes, uh-huh. I have taking even shots.
0: Very cool. So what's your favorite food?
1: Ooh, I love salmon with barbecue sauce specifically. <laughs> I discovered that this year. It's amazing. Try it, everyone.
0: That's good. So that's your default. If you're home alone, you'll just figure out a way to cook yourself a, yes. a nice Nice little salmon as steak, if that, that doesn't even make sense, of salmon, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yep,
1: that would be very nice. I also love barbecue food. My dad makes amazing barbecue, so.
0: So has your family been able to come out and watch some of your games?
1: Yes, lots of them. Um, actually, we were just at the Pact 12 tournament, and I had all my grandparents there, my aunt and uncle, both my parents. And then my siblings are able to make it out to some of my games too in Utah, so it's been nice. They're very supportive and make it to tis- as many as they can.
0: So teach us about the NCAA tournament.
1: Let's see, NCAA tournament. So I
0: spoke uh, at the final four five times for the men and uh-huh. I spoke at the women's final four the year it was in San Jose when the Purdue Boilermakers won.
1: Okay.
0: And I remember speaking to the teams that night and uh, in walks, I can't even remember who Purdue played, but when when Purdue came walking into the banquet hall and they their ambience, their confidence, it just oozed from every pore, and, and I was just amazed and I went right up to their coach before the game, the, before the final game. And I said, I guarantee you're going to win. And when you win, I want you to bring me into, into, you know, the Purdue and actually speak to the team. It was awesome. I gave them a copy of one of my books, but you have that, that, that sense of confidence, my friend, you have that ambience and Maybe it, maybe an ultimate compliment would be to you when you walk into a room, people stop and say, "Who is she? What does she do?" <laughs> and it's it's that, it's that it factor in the in the entertainment world. We call it the it factor. She has it. He has it. And I don't think you can teach it. I don't think you can learn it. You either have it or you don't. And you have it, my friend. Thank you. So when you're rich and famous, I hope you remember me. I will. Don't worry. <laughs> But teach me about this this new this new level now called the NCAA tournament. How are you preparing for that? What's it about? Are you doing anything different? Do you have a chance to watch film ahead of time? Teach us all about that preparation.
1: Yeah, well, we start preparation tomorrow, so I'm not 100% sure, but we did play in the NCAA tournament last year, so I have a little bit of experience. Um, I think the most interesting thing about it is that you play teams from all different conferences, Obviously, playing in the Pac-12, you get used to a certain kind of style of basketball and specific teams, and then when you go to NCAA tournament, you're playing people from the SEC, the Big Ten, all with very different styles of play, Um, so just kind of adjusting to that, or honestly, more so just being true to ourselves um, and how we play, Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm really excited this year for the NCAA tournament, hopefully getting to host it in Salt Lake, that's what I'm most looking forward to. I feel like just we played Stanford last week and had about 10,000 fans in the Huntsman Center, and it was just electric. So oh, okay. I'm really excited for that, um, just getting to host, hopefully, those first two rounds and uh, get a lot of fans out there. So That'll help us.
0: Yeah, you know, when I came out of high school, only one school recruited me in, in basketball, but I was recruited in football and baseball, and Utah at the time was a basketball school. Yeah. Everybody was asking me, why am I going to a basketball school? You know, I got some pretty good recruiting. And our basketball team, it's still working, you know, still struggling. It's still trying to climb, but you women have brought us back to the limelight. Thank you so much. We're now known around the country. I'm in Kentucky conducting this interview as I shared off offline and the Kentucky Wildcats beat the Utes in our final four championship game back in 1997, 98, but everybody, knows that Utah women's basketball team is real and that you're awesome. And you could be the national champions this year. Who knows? So we're hoping and we're behind you. And that's one of the coolest things about the Utah fan base. This podcast episode is brought to you by Strong Automotive, the award-winning automobile dealership, not just famous in Utah, but I have friends who have purchased cars from them from all over America and they sing their praises. Strong automotive should be your choice for your next automobile purchase. So my last question to you, my, my friend, would you please look into the camera and give your very best effort to give the very best sales pitch, serve pitch to every young man and young woman out there in the country, why they should come and be a student athlete at the university of Utah. You know, every game, away game, a lot of our away games are almost home games, especially in football, Mm -hmm. like the Pac-12 championship, like the Rose Bowl, 75% of the stadium was red. We travel well, and it's so exciting to see the 10,000 now in the Huntsman Center cheering on our women's team. So just give us a sales pitch of why, what are the benefits? What is so cool about coming to the University of Utah?
1: Man. So many things. Um, Let's see. I'd say first off, um, the student-athlete support here is unmatched from administration, coaches, other teams, just like it's a web of people that really want to support each other and see each other succeed, so that is very cool and I think very unique. Um, Living in Salt Lake is awesome, so many opportunities here, so that is aside from sports, just a great place to be. And then also, like you said, our fans are incredible. If you're going to win games, people are going to support you. Um, and like you said, people are willing to travel, watch you, um, pack the stadium. So I say that's the best THINGS about Utah, why you should come here.
0: That's awesome. So, how do we follow you? How do we help you in the NIL world? Yeah. Uh, give, give us your social media handles and. Uh, And, you know, how we can raise, you know, a million and a half dollars to give to you before your, you know, 20th birthday. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that'd be very fast.
1: Um, I am not super, I don't know, into social media, I guess. I do not have TikTok. I'm a little behind the times, I guess. But the main place I post is on Instagram, which my handle is Jenna.L.Johnson. So follow me there. That's where you'll see most of my content, I guess.
0: That's good. And you should post, come on. I will, don't worry. (laughs) I'll get on it. That's great. So there you have it, Dan Clark, Power Players with Dan Clark. Jenna Johnson has been our extraordinary guest. And I know those of you who have been tuned in would probably think based on her maturity that she's 25, 26. And and yet, how old are you, my friend? 19. (laughs) 19. Again, Pac-12 All-Freshman team. And we look for bigger and greater and better uh, things from you every single day, not based on your athleticism, but based on your character. You're just one of the fine human beings that we've been able to attract to the University of Utah. So on behalf of every fan, thanks for being a Ute. You make us all proud. Thank you.
1: Glad to be here.
0: The views and opinions expressed on the Power Players podcast do not necessarily reflect those of KUTV or Sinclair Broadcast Group.